Good evening, and welcome to Edmonds United Methodist Church on this Ash Wednesday. Donna Pritchard, uh, the pastor of this church, um, is on her own Lenten retreat this week um, in Hawaii. Um, and so she asked if I would uh, help assist uh, in leading this service. And it's been a privilege to work with David Hendricks in uh, putting this together. I'm the Reverend Stan Fowler. I'm a retired Episcopal priest, but we've been a part of this congregation for over 10 years. And so it, actually it's kind of an honor to be able to uh, be able to assist with this Ash Wednesday service tonight. This is really a service, a quiet service of reflection and prayer and music. And we invite you to enter in in terms of your own pre preparation of preparing yourself and what God has to give you as we go through the season, the journey of Lent leading up to Easter. Have just one announcement uh, tonight. Um, I would really like to invite you and encourage you to attend the concert uh, this Saturday that is going to be presented by the Evergreen Ensemble. This is led by our music director, uh, David Hendricks. And uh, I happen to be in the, the church getting ready for this service this week. And um, the accompanist was practicing the music and I was overwhelmed. It's an incredibly beautiful piece. The Evergreen Ensemble is a choral musical group, so this will, they will be presenting this. Um, and I think it's just a wonderful way, again, another opportunity of preparing our hearts uh, for what God is to give us. The theme is really discovering God in the midst of even our darkness and opening ourselves to uh, his light. Um, the, the accompanist was incredible, and it, it turns out it's David's mother. <laughs> so uh, I just present that and offer it at 7 o'clock uh, on this Saturday here at the church. Will you please stand for our call to worship? In the softness of the evening, in the solace of silence, we come to you, O oh God. We come for acceptance, we come for community, we come for forgiveness and love. In the serenity of day's end, in the restfulness of worship, we come to you, O oh God. We come to you for respite. We come to you for courage. We come to you for forgiveness and love. In the quiet of the night, in the comfort of darkness, we come to you, O oh God. We come for peace. We come for comfort. We come for forgiveness and love. We come together this night searching for the path we cannot find on our own, longing for the life you have intended. Yes, this night with forgiveness and love. As 
remain standing for our opening hymn.
Marked by Ashes, a poem by Walter Brueggemann. Ruler of the night, guarantor of the day, this day a gift from you. This day like none other you have ever given or we have ever received. This Wednesday dazzles us with gift and newness and possibility. This Wednesday burdens us with the tasks of the day for we are already halfway home, halfway back to committees and memos, halfway back to calls and appointments, halfway on to next Sunday, halfway back, half frazzled, half expectant, half turned toward you, half rather not. All our Wednesdays are marked by ashes. We begin this day with that taste of ash in our mouth of failed hope and broken promises, of forgotten children and frightened women. We ourselves are ashes to ashes, dust to dust. We can taste our mortality as we roll the ash around on our tongues. We are able to ponder our ashness with some confidence only because our every Wednesday of ashes anticipates your Easter victory over that dry, flaky test taste of death. On this Wednesday, we submit our ashen way to you. You Easter parade of newness, before the sun sets, take our Wednesday and Easter us. Easter us to joy and energy and courage and freedom. Easter us that we may be fearless for your truth. Come here and Easter our Wednesday with mercy and justice and peace and generosity. We pray as we wait for the risen one who comes soon.
The first scripture reading for this evening is from Psalm 139, verses 1 through 12, in the New Revised Standard Edition. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from far away. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, O Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in, behind and before, and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is so high that I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and settle at the farthest limits of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me fast. I, if I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light around me become night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day, for darkness is as light to you. scripture reading is from 2 Corinthians 5, verses 16 to 19, from the Common English Bible. So then, from this point on, we won't recognize people by human standards. Even though we used to know Christ by human standards, that isn't how we see him now. 
So then, if anyone is in Christ, that person is part of the new creation. The old things have gone away, and look, new things have arrived. All of these new things are from God, who reconciled us to him through Christ, and who gave us the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, God was reconciling the world to himself through Christ by not counting people's sins against them. He has trusted us with this message of reconciliation. Ash Wednesday is the beginning of our observance of Lent. Over the centuries, the focus and practice of Lent has often been penitential, a time to prepare for Holy Week and Easter, as in one prayer in the Episcopal Book of Common Prayer says, begin by acknowledging and bewailing our manifold sins and wickedness which we from time to time have most grievously committed. A time for confession, repentance, and seeking God's forgiveness and absolution. A time to take on practices of self-denial as a means of expressing our repentance 
and the need to straighten out our lives. Unfortunately, I believe this penitential emphasis tends to develop the conviction that we as humans are basically sinners. And God is looking over us as the ever-present judge. A rather chilling and depressing portrayal, I believe. This evening, I would like to suggest that there is another broader perspective on Lent that can deepen our understanding of ourselves and of God and offers affirmation and hope. Did you know that the word Lent derives from the Latin word for springtime? What if we began by looking at Lent not as the final dregs and darkness of winter and saw it as the springtime of our souls? Spring is a time of renewal, of preparing for new growth, new life breaking through. Spring is hard work. Time to clean up the garden, pull out those persistent weeds, prepare the soil. But it is also a time to choose new seeds, do new planning, put down mulch and plant food to protect and nurture their growth. So yes, there is a place for self-examination and confession for self-discipline and even self-denial. But all of those practices are so we can prepare for new growth, new life, a greater appreciation of God's gifts of forgiveness and reconciliation and constant renewing presence in our lives. We need to understand ourselves and our primary relationship with God not through the lens of original sin, but through the lens of what contemporary theologians like Matthew Fox and Richard Rohr call original blessing. Our basic identity is that from the beginning, we are made in the image of God. We are the children of God. Yes, our behavior, our false choices can mar that image and lead us away from God. But the fact is, God never leaves us. As the beautiful Psalm of David read tonight expresses, where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? I have to send to it, if I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, in hell, you are there. Really? God's even with us in hell? Perhaps if it's our own making here on earth, or perhaps somewhere beyond in the future. There is no experience in life so awful that God is not there with us. Again in the Psalm, if I say that darkness shall cover me and the light around me become night, even the darkness is not dark to you, for darkness is as light to you. Why is God always with us? Because God loves us. We are his children. 
That is why he created us, to live in harmony with God and all creation, to become more like him. That is why he sent Christ to reconcile us to him, so that God's creative work and purpose can continue and be fulfilled. Our epistle lesson this evening says, from now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view, by human standards, even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view, we know him no longer in that way. St. Paul and the earliest church had come to realize that Jesus was not a mere man. He was God with us. The divine creative energy that brought all things into being, the divine logos, as St. John says, became flesh and lived among us. Why did Jesus come? To reveal to us that God loves us, forgives us, and wants us to be a part of his ongoing work of creation. To be transformed in the image of God in which we were created. We no longer are to regard Christ or ourselves from a human point of view. So what does this tell us about how to approach our practice of Lent? I suggest we simply begin by reflecting and meditating on how much we are loved by God. To open our hearts to contemplate a fresh vision of the God, the Christ, who is always with us, and how he has blessed us. How has he demonstrated this blessing in our lives? to offer our times of darkness to be filled with his light. Richard Rohr says, it's time to give up all condemnation in Lent and see ourselves as God still sees us. Mother Teresa suggested another practice to her missionaries of charity. Seek the face of God in everything everyone, everywhere, do it all the time and see his hand in every happening. Seeing and adoring the presence of Jesus, especially in the distressing disguise of the poor. The degree to which you can see the divine image where you would rather not tells me how fully the divine image is now operative within you. What are some simple things we can do in the next 40 days that would encourage us to see and serve the divine image in others? Is it time to consider a volunteer project like working at the food bank or tutoring a child? Lenten discipline my wife Jean and I have taken on is to communicate with our national government officials to support a permanent ceasefire in Gaza, to end the cycle of violence, the bloodshed and slaughter, especially of innocent children, and to seek a permanent structure of peace and justice in that not so holy land. Whatever stirs your passion for justice and peace in our nation, in our world, 
what act of advocacy could you take? Finally, I must acknowledge that today is not only Ash Wednesday, but Valentine's Day. What a coincidence. We do not know much, if anything, about St. Valentine. But the tradition is that he was known for writing notes of comfort and encouragement to friends and people he knew were in need of knowing that they were loved and loved by God. So in the spirit of St. Valentine, consider writing a note, sending a card to someone who is shut in or ill, or just a good friend, maybe someone you have not contacted for a while. Let them know they are loved by you and loved by God by the God who is always with us. Lent is finally about addition, not subtraction. Finally, I would like to close with a few words about the ancient ritual of Ash Wednesday that has been observed for centuries, the imposition of ashes. Ashes traditionally have been seen as a sign of our mortality and consequently our total dependence on God. I believe that is true, and we need to be reminded of our need for God as the ultimate source of our life. We indeed are nothing without God, but the fact is we are also everything with God. Our lesson says, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. They are part of a new creation. God's creative energy that in the beginning, through the Christ brought the whole universe into being, is still at work bringing a new creation into being. The creation of the universe, which we now know began billions of years ago, still continues. Do you know that it was a Belgian priest, an astrophysicist, I just heard about this, Georges Lemaitre, who first proposed the Big Bang Theory, the commonly scientifically accepted theory of the birth of the universe today. When God said, let there be light, some supercharged atomic particle popped out of nowhere, out of nothing, as the Bible says. And bang, the whole big universe of galaxies and stars burst into being. Lemaitre believed that this bold new theory did not conflict with the creation story of Genesis. The astronomer Carl Sagan popularized the notion that humans indeed, all life in the universe, is born of the stars. The matter that makes up our bodies was created in the same moment as the matter that makes up stars and planets. We are stardust, born and formed of the stars. Science tells us how the universe was created. 
The Bible tells us who created the universe and why. God, over a multi-billion year evolutionary process, has brought us into being. And in the incarnation of Christ, a new Big Bang occurred. A new stage of creation has begun, and we are a part of it. So this evening, when we have the imposition of ashes, I will sign each person with the sign of the cross, the ultimate sign of God's love, and say, you are stardust, and to stardust you shall return. You are a part of God's ongoing creation that will lead to all of us being reconciled to God and that formation of a new reign of God on earth as in the heavens. Stardust is not only a symbol of our mortality, it is a symbol of life, of evolutionary life that goes on and on. And we in Christ are now a part of that creation. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us now enter into a time of confession and seeking God's forgiveness. In a spirit of honesty and vulnerability, let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. God of all the saints, God of all the sinners, hear our prayer. We would be saint-like, holy, good, patient, loving, but often we end up feeling more like sinners, full of failures, of morality, selfish, mean. Perhaps you see us simply as human, as beloved and flawed, and trying and failing and succeeding in all of this. Forgive the wrong that we have done. more and more into the image of Christ, in whose name we pray, amen. I invite you in a brief time of silence just to acknowledge in your own heart those areas of your life in which you need God's forgiveness and seeking that tonight.
hear this good news. The night is dark, but there is a light which has overcome the darkness. The Lord God is merciful and gracious, endlessly patient, loving and true, forgiving iniquity, transgression and sin, and granting us pardon. Amen. I invite you in the silence for a few moments to just reflect, to dwell in God's love and forgiveness for you, to affirm how much he cares for you and open your lives to his constant love and presence. Amen. Tis love, tis love that dies for me.
let me just This time we will have the imposition of ashes. You are invited to come forward and kneel or stand as uh, you prefer here at the altar rail. And we will have the imposition of the ashes. I will mark your forehead with the sign of the cross. And if I would ask that as when people come forward, we'll kind of do this in groups. If you will stay here, until everyone that is at the uh, altar rail has been marked with the ashes, and then I will give a brief dismissal and you can return to your seat. Claudia, you are stardust, and to stardust you shall return. Sangi, you are stardust. To stardust you shall return. You just go next. You are stardust, and to stardust you shall return. You are stardust, and to stardust you shall return. You are stardust, and to stardust you shall return. You are stardust, and to stardust you shall return. You are stardust, and to stardust you shall return. You are stardust, and to stardust you shall return. You are stardust, and to stardust you shall return. You are stardust, and to stardust you shall return. You are stardust, and to stardust you shall return. You are stardust. To stardust you shall return. Return to the Lord, for God is merciful and kind.
Let us pray. O God of unchangeable power and eternal light, look favorably on your whole creation, that wonderful and sacred mystery. By the effectual working of your providence, carry out in peace the plan of salvation. Let the whole world see and know that things which were cast down are being raised up and things which had grown old are being made new, and that all things are being brought to their perfection by him through whom all things were made. Your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. You please stand for our closing hymn. benediction, I would like to say thank David and Song Yi and the choir for being here on Valentine's Day. <laughs> Such dedication. Thank you. <laughs> and for you all being here. So. <laughs> so may the peace of Christ, 
which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. The blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you during this journey of Lent and remain with you always. Amen. <laughs>